Bibles, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. One of my favorite one of my favorite times of the year is Thanksgiving, and it's because, not because you get to eat like crazy or anything like that. That is part of it, I guess. Um, but um, the main thing is, it, 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 I don't care who you are, if you live in our country, it is a, uh, it's an incredible opportunity for us to stop and give thanks to God for our country, where we began, where we began. Um, if it was not for the very first Thanksgiving Day, um, there may not even be a United States. And um, so it's a it's a great opportunity uh, to stop and reflect on that. <clears throat> because had the Pilgrims not survived that that first winter, um, it, it would have been obviously uh, not not good. My wife uh, shared with me a, a, a quote this week. I wanted to share it with you. If you're on Facebook, uh, on the church's uh, Facebook page, I shared it on the church's uh, thing uh, Facebook page this morning. It is this, Gratitude is a habit of the heart that God wants his people to cultivate. Uh, I like that. Uh, gratitude is something that needs to be cultivated in each of our hearts. Before we actually get into the message this morning, I wanted to share some uh, kind of thoughts with you. Um, As we go into this week of Thanksgiving, and I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say this multiple times this morning, but thankfulness, gratitude, is a choice that we make. We 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 choose to be thankful. We choose to be unthankful. We choose, as I said last week, bitterness, or we choose betterness. It's choices that we make. And thankfulness is something that we choose. And um, with Thanksgiving coming, uh, I wanted to share this thought with you. Um, there are some things that can, that can cause us not to be thankful. And I wanted to share four of them with you because these four are, are, are prevalent in our society today. And... Uh, can cause us to be very unthankful. The first one is comparison. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 that a person that compares himself with another person is not wise. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, uh, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. So when we get into this idea of that I need to be as good or 
someone. Uh, anyway, comparison is a dangerous road to go down. And it will steal away your joy and your thankfulness. The second one that can steal away uh, thankfulness from you is expectations. We tend to set expectations way too high for ourselves. Someone once wisely said the foundation of gratitude is the expectation of nothing. Oftentimes, not only do we set expectations really high for ourselves, but we set our expectations for others high as well. And when they don't meet those expectations, what happens? Discontentment, bitterness, ingratitude. Expectations can rob us from our joy and damage our relationships. Give all your expectations to God and you will never be disappointed. Psalm chapter 62, verses 5 and 6, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is in Him. Let me tell you this, He'll never let you down. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Isaiah also teaches that our expectations should be in Christ. Him and Him alone. The third thing that can cause unthankfulness is discontentment. Discontentment or... Like I said earlier, contentment or discontentment uh, is a choice that we make. Numbers chapter 11, verse 5, we remember the fish which we did eat and Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. And what, what was taking place here? This is Numbers chapter 11. And the children of Israel had, had left Egypt where they were slaves. And they got out into the desert and they, they became discontented because things weren't going the way they thought they should go. And what happened? Because of discontentment, they, they forgot where God had brought them from. And so often when we choose discontentment, we forget the blessings of God in our lives. Here's another quote. I have a lot of quotes for you this morning, so just, okay. Um, it is not happy people who are thankful. It is thankful people who are happy. It's a choice we make. The fourth thing that can steal away thankfulness out of our hearts is, is busyness. And we live in a, in a stupid, busy world, do we not? One definition I heard of busyness is meaning, meaningless activity. 
staying busy just for the sake of staying busy. In the busyness of life, we can forget to meditate on the things of God. We can forget to spend time with God. Priorities take take over and we miss our time with God. We forget to pray. Spending a few minutes a day reflecting on God's goodness can strengthen our, our spirit and our gratitude and, and, and enrich our lives. Psalm chapter 103, verses 1 and 2. Bless, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Here's another quote for you. <clears throat> Do not mistake activity for achievement. We can stay busy. I don't know about you, but there is nothing more frustrating than spending a day, what I call chasing my tail, and getting nothing done. But at the end of the day, I'm absolutely exhausted. Any of y'all ever been there? <laughs> We've all been there. There's nothing to me. There's nothing more frustrating than that. Busyness, just. I'd rather, no, never mind, I won't say that. <laughs> Stay in bed and just sleep it over. The truth is, we allow, we, we make choices that we allow thankfulness to be taken away from us. And we, and we become ungrateful. And if anything we as believers in Jesus Christ need to be thankful. As I thought and prayed and studied for this morning's message, one of the things that I could not get away from is that, in my mind anyway, thankfulness and worship go hand in hand. Worship is the greatest form of thankfulness to God that we have, that He's given us. James Parker put it this way, This then is worship in its largest sense, petition as well as praise, preaching as well as prayer, hearing as well as speaking, action as well as words, obeying as well as offering, loving people, as well as loving God. In other words, everything that we do should be wrapped in praise and worship of God. Everything that we do. Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 19 and 20. Speak, <clears throat> speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. Thankfulness should be a part of our lives. It should be an inherent part of every believer 
to be thankful all the time. We shouldn't wait till November, <clears throat> the, the, whether it be the third week in November, fourth week, anyway, whatever, whatever, Thanksgiving week should not be the only week of the year that we are thankful to God. Thankfulness should be something that should be evident in our lives 365 days a year. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's start reading in verse 17. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, thank you for your patience with me. I can only speak for myself in this. But Lord, I am very thankful that you are always patient with me. We have so much to be thankful for. Even when we don't realize it, we have much to be thankful for. Help us, dear God, this morning to walk close to you. Help us this morning, dear God, as we leave this place to be thankful for who you are. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is The uh, Principles of Giving Thanks. Uh, the Principles of Giving Thanks. There's only two points this morning. Um, my, my message more than likely is going to be short today. Um, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that. Um, but just two points this morning. But I want to I think about Paul for a minute. Paul was a man who understood thankfulness. He talked about it often. We just read in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 that we should give thanks for all things. <clears throat> give thanks for all things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, he said this, but, uh, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, he said this, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. See, Paul understood thankfulness, but he also understood that it is not our nature to always be thankful. So as in a lot of his writing, he was reminding the believers in the first century church to, to be thankful. Spend time being thankful. It's important. Point number one. The first principle that I want to talk about this morning is prayer. In verse 17 it says, Pray without ceasing. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 it says, uh, Giving thanks always. But prayer, praying, <clears throat> uh, uh, pray without ceasing or giving thanks always. Those two, that prayer and thankfulness and, and worship all go hand in hand. You actually can't pray to God without worshiping. That It is a form of worship. And we are to pray always. 
Prayer is the very thing that helps us to get in tune, if you would, with God. Here's another quote for you. One of my favorites, by the way. I have this one on the wall in my office. It says, In prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without heart. I'm going to read that one to you again because as you sit and meditate on it, 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 it should grab hold of your, your heart. In prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without heart. There are times in my life that my heart is so heavy. This week I had a, a situation I was helping some folks through and my heart was so heavy for them, I had no words. And I just sat and I, and I communed. I, I, I can't really say I was praying because nothing was being said, but my heart was communing with God because my heart was so heavy, I didn't know what to say because of the situation. And this quote is so precious because it reminds us the fact that God is more concerned with the heart than he is just a bunch of empty words. In prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without heart. The awesome thing about God is he can pick through the confusion of our hearts, can he not? When we don't know what to say, the burdens of life are so heavy, he can pick through all of that. And he, he knows what we're trying to say. That is an awesome thing. Stonewall Jackson was one of the greatest generals our country has ever seen. Not only was he a great general, but he was an even greater Christian. The man was an incredible uh, Christian. He, he walked with God. When he was a teacher at West Point, he wrote this, When we take our meals, there is grace. When I take a drink of water, I always pause. When I lift <clears throat> up my heart to God in thanks and prayer for the water of life. When I break the seal of an umble, a letter just received, I stop to pray to God that he might prepare me for its contents and make the message of good. When I go to my classroom, and wait for the arrangements, the arrangement of the cadets in their places. That is my time to intercede with God for them. What was Stonewall Jackson saying? There's not a part of his life that he doesn't spend time praying. Before he opens a letter, he prays and asks God for wisdom to deal with the content of that letter wisely. Before he takes a drink of water, he thanks 
God for the water of life. Before he eats a meal, he prays. that Everything in his life he did with prayer. An incredible man of God. Everything he did was surrounded in prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. What is Jesus trying to communicate here? Jesus is trying to communicate a very, very simple principle that we are all guilty of. That we all that we ought always to pray, but what? Not to faint. Are we not all guilty of forgetting to pray? Are we not all guilty of praying a, a rote prayer with no meaning? Being too busy in our lives to take time to spend time with God. We're all guilty of it. And Jesus is reminding us here that we should that we should be praying all the time, but that we shouldn't faint or we shouldn't get discouraged. Prayer is something that should be a major, major part of our lives. The next principle, the the second principle of giving thanks is praise. Praise should be a regular part of our lives. On Tuesday this week, we always move our midweek service from, from Wednesday, before uh, the day before Thanksgiving, to Tuesday. And we have a prayer, praise, and pie night. And, and, and it is an opportunity for us as a church to come together and, and, and pray together Step number one. Step number two, praise together. It is awesome to hear what God does in the hearts and lives of people. It is an awesome thing to hear how God is working in other people's lives. It's an encouraging thing to us to hear this. That's why we do it. And then we get to eat pie afterwards. So if you don't come for any reason, come for the pie. <laughs> but seriously, we should. We, our auditorium should be slam full on Tuesday night because we should we should be excited to come and share the incredible things that God does in our lives. The fact that you are sitting and breathing is a blessing from God that you should be thankful for. Praise. Look at verse 18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is the will of God that each of us spend time praising Him. Praise, like thanksgiving or gratitude, is a choice. It is something that we choose to do. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, let, let the word of Christ 
dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. We not only need to be people of prayer, but we need to be people of praise. Praise should be one of the very first things that come out of our mouths. You know how to get discouraged? Get, get discouraged really fast? Wake up with a bad attitude. I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> this morning, I didn't want to get out of bed. If those of you that are migraine sufferers know what I'm talking about, especially trying to do what I'm doing now with a migraine is really fun. And I could have come up with all kind of excuses. In fact, somebody this morning, I won't tell, tell who it was. Okay, Chris, I won't, won't tell Muzio. <clears throat> but he, he said, hey, look, Pastor, we'll, 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 we'll figure something out. If you're not up to preaching this morning, you know, we'll figure something out. But you know what? I could not stop but spend time praising God this morning. I had to. It's, it's what got me out of bed this morning. Because my heart, I was so excited to share the things that God has given me over the last couple of weeks, or, or really the last week or so about this message. I, I had to share this with you because my heart is so full. Be, be, and this is why. I cannot study and think about praising God without getting excited. I can't do it. Now, because of my headache, I may not sound super excited this morning, uh, but I am. I love God, and I love the things of God, and I love everything He does for me. And I've shared this before, out of all of the attributes of God, the one thing that I love the most is God's patience with me. I love the fact He is so patient with me. And He takes time to teach me and grow me and help me. And we should be excited about those things. In Luke chapter 19, verses 37 to 40, it says this, And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. The point is this. God is going to be praised. And if we don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a scary thing. It'd be kind of cool to see. But you know what? I'd rather do it than let a bunch of rocks do it. 
God will be praised. And a huge part of being thankful is giving praise to Him. I want you to think about this. As I was as I was studying, I I, I read an article um, that really, for lack of better terms, <clears throat> really challenged me in a couple of ideas of thankfulness. And as I read this article, I I was as I was reading, I thought, wow, this is you know the this the first part of it was was you know it was good but then the second half the second part of this article was just like whoa i shouldn't have read this article i hate it when god convicts me no i shouldn't say that i do i i do i love it when god convicts me but he did he convicted me because of a thought that i had never really stopped to consider and i want to share with you two things that i learned from reading this article and that is this, there, there are some mistakes. There are two mistakes that we often can make <clears throat> when it comes to being thankful. Two areas that can become struggles, I guess you'd say. I don't know how else to put it. But as I said, as I read this article, I thought, wow, this is, the, 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 this is so true. But the first one is this. Oftentimes, the first mistake is a more obvious mistake that we make than the second one, and that is this. We are not always thankful for what we should be. And as I was reading this article, the author made that statement. And as I started thinking about it, I thought, you know what? We live in a society today of entitlement, do we not? Where everybody deserves everything. Now, now we may not always be as thankful as we should be because of entitlement, The what, what we used to call in our home uh, as the kids were growing up, uh, those of you that have ever heard Patch the Pirate, uh, the Me Too syndrome. <clears throat> or, or excuse me, not the Me Too, the Me First syndrome. Everything has to be about me. And and any of you who have raised children know what I'm talking about. Everything, that that child, everything has to revolve around that child, Right? And then you have the people in our lives that are just downright selfish. Some of you probably work with people like that. Just straight up downright selfish. They don't even they don't even make any bones about it. And we could go on trying to explain it away, but the problem comes in when we are convinced that we deserve something. You know, just if you don't believe me, listen to TV sometime. 
every commercial that comes on, it, it, you deserve happiness. You deserve wealth. You deserve health. You deserve, and you can, I mean, I could go on for hours filling in the blanks, but, you know, you deserve a new car. You deserve a bigger house. You deserve this. You de- Everything you deserve. As long as you give me your money, you can have whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how it works, right? But that's the world we live in. And the problem is it has crept into the church. And we get this mentality oftentimes in the church that I deserve, you fill in the blank. And the reality is this, we don't deserve anything. If we got what we deserve, it would not be good. But it has become part of our culture, if you would. This culture of entitlement. But it seems that our generation suffers from a sickness called ingratitude. Christians should be the one group of people in this world that should never suffer from that sickness. Christians today should be the most grateful people. But it's a choice that you and I are going to have to make. I know some people, Christians, I know Christians that are some of the most thankful people in the world. And I praise God for that. And that's how we should be. But the trap of ingratitude is an easy trap to fall into because of the world that we live in today. The second thought or idea that this article put into my my thinking was one that is not as obvious. It's definitely much more subtle. But this is what the author said. This is, this is the sentence that, that has stuck in my heart and my life ever since I read it about a week ago. The air of giving thanks for without giving thanks to. Now, I want to let that kind of set in because I had to read it like three or four times before it actually started to really resonate with me. The author said this, the air of giving thanks for without giving thanks to. I know that most of us are, are aware that the Bible emphasizes our responsibility of giving thanks. I mean, it's, it's, it's from cover to cover. And we need to be a thankful people. 
But when I read that sentence in that article, a thought came to my mind. After I, like I said, I read it like three or four times, and then a thought came to my mind. And this is this is, and I wrote it down, so I would I would I had it for you. So I'm going to quote myself here. How many times have I thanked God for my food, but have neglected to thank Him for His provision? Think about that. But I, I, I felt like wow, I am so guilty of that. Thanking God for what He's provided, but never taking time to thank God for providing it. Now you say, but wait a minute, isn't that the same thing? No, it is not the same thing. Let me go back and read what the, what the author of the, the, this article said. He said this, The air of giving thanks for without giving thanks to. I want to challenge you this morning. Okay, You've got homework today. I want you to go home today or sometime this week before Thanksgiving And I want you to search your Bible for thankfulness. Now, do you want me to give you the answer before you do it? I think most of you do. What you will find is that the Bible by far emphasizes being thankful to God more than thankful for stuff. I can guarantee that's what it says. Isn't it great? You get homework and then you get the answer before you have to do it. <clears throat> I should have held that off until next week. But seriously, check it out. By far, we are, we are told to be thankful to God for his provision more than we are for the stuff he gives us. Giving thanks sometimes sounds like, oh, I'm really glad for what I have. Lord, thank you for this food you provided for us. I say that multiple times a day. I'm happy for what's going on in my life. You know, actually, I, I, I've shared this before. I get a little nervous when things are going too well, if that makes sense. You know, it's like you're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, boom, what's going to happen next? But there are seasons in our lives where, where, where we, we say, God, thank you for this season of refreshing And we are, we are incredibly thankful for what he does, but do we always take time to thank him for the provision, for being the provider of the thing that we are thankful for? 
And boy, God got a hold of my heart this week. And I'll tell you, since since I have since I read that, and I've been really meditating and really kind of trying to drill down in, on, in, in my heart and life, it has changed how I've been praying this week. We are thankful for our health and our family and our jobs and our freedom. And, and again, I can go on and on and on and on and on. But when is the last time I thank God for my health? I've thanked him for my health, but have I thanked him for my health? Does that make sense? I'm thankful for the food that he's given me and the, the, the health of my family and the growth of my family. But have I actually stopped to thank him for all those things, the provider of those things? Giving thanks to God is much more valuable than giving thanks for the stuff in our lives. And there may be times in your life that Thanksgiving is a great time to do this. I want to challenge you to do something. I'm going to give you some more homework. I want you to take some time this week, just a few minutes this week, between now and Thanksgiving. And just get alone with God for just five or ten minutes. And just thank Him for being God. Thank Him for the provision that He's given you in your life. Thank Him for the health that He has given you. Thank Him for the country that we live in. Just spend some time thanking God for being God. I've done that this week. And I told you earlier, it has changed. It's changed how I pray. But I also want to challenge you with the four enemies of thankfulness. Don't let comparison, expectation, discouragement, or busyness steal away your joy this year. Those four things can absolutely devastate you and make a beautiful opportunity to be thankful to God can steal it away and make our lives miserable. I want to close with this quote that I read at the beginning. Gratitude is a habit of the heart that God wants His people to cultivate. It's a choice that you're going to have to make. This morning I trust that you will will choose gratitude let's pray dear lord thank you for this day and thank you for your love lord thank you for being you thank you for being the god 
of heaven that has provided all things. Thank you for helping us to get a little bit better glimpse this morning of what it means to be thankful. Lord, help us to be thankful to more than we're thankful for. We are truly honored and we're, we're truly blessed. We ask your God that you would speak to our hearts this morning and that you would encourage us and that you would help us. With every head bowed